1: And you can find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know, and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a great program lined up for you today, including our guests, uh, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, and also soon to be president Sen- uh, Sen- uh, Florida State Senate president. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Les government, and Linda Harden will be with us as well. It is April the 5th, and on this day in 1951, the climax of the most sensational spy trial in American history was reached when a federal judge sentenced Julius and Ethel Rosenberg to death for their roles in passing atomic secrets to the Soviets. Although the couple proclaimed their innocence, they were executed in June 1953. The Rosebergs were convicted of playing a central role in spying that passed secret data con- concerning the atomic bomb in the Soviet Union during and immediately and after the World War II. Their part in the espionage came to light when British physicist Klaus Fuchs was arrested in Great Britain in early 1950. Under questioning, Fuchs admitted that he stole secret documents while he was working on the Manhattan Project, the top-secret U.S. program to build an atomic bomb during World War II. He implicated Harry Gold as a courier who delivered the documents to Soviet agents. Gold was arrested a short time later and informed on David Greenglass, who then pointed the finger at his sister and brother-in-law, Ethel and Julius Rosenberg. Julius was arrested in July and Ethel in August 1950. After a brief trial in March 1951, the Rosenbergs were found guilty of conspiracy to commit espionage. At their sentencing hearing in April, Judge Julius Kaufman, Irving Kaufman, I should say, uh, described the crime as worse than murder and charged by your betrayal of your undoubtedly you have altered the course of history to the disadvantage of our country. He sentenced them to death. The Rosenbergs and their attorneys continued to plead their innocence, arguing they were victims of political hysteria. Humanitarian organizations in the United States and around the world pleaded for leniency, particularly since the Rosenbergs were the parents of two young children. The plea for their special consideration were ignored, and Julius and Ethel Rosenberg were executed on June 19, uh, 1953. What a story. It, I think shows the... Uh, Justice uh, is subject to sometimes what's happening in the hysteria in the in the country at the time you may recall that was during the Red Scare and uh, what was happening in the United States Senate irrespective uh, makes me wonder what would happen if perhaps uh, this was uh, Tucker uh, I should say uh, Hunter Biden who had shared the information what would have happened who knows huh so interesting. Kansas uh, brought its fourth NCAA title back home Monday to a, its second-half flurry that erased a 16-point deficit and eventually overcame North Carolina, University of North Carolina, 72-69, to 69 in an epic battle of pro, power programs. It was the biggest comeback in title game history, surpassing Kentucky's 10-point rally to beat Utah in 1998. Congratulations to the Jayhawks. We watched uh, maybe the first... Half of the, of the game stayed up late and watched the first half, and uh, they had a 16-point lead, I think 14 or 16 points at halftime. Pretty well assumed that North Carolina would win, but no, the Jayhawks pulled their fat out of the fire and won the game. Congratulations. Well, Naples Grand Beach Resort has quietly changed hands. The property records show the waterfront resort, along with its golf club and tennis center, traded for a total of $248 million. The deal closed on March the 28th and involved three transactions. The resort alone sold for $218.4 million. Kind of amazing since it's got 450-some rooms. Think about the price of real estate in the Paradise Coast. To me, it looks like a pretty good deal. The golf club, including the 18-hole championship course, fetched $24.8 million and the tennis center $4.8 million. The purchasing company, founded in 2016, operates across Europe with offices in Pennsylvania, Germany, Ireland, and Luxembourg. It also has a location in New York, according to its website. A letter to club members came from the golf club's general manager and vice president of Northwood. They said Northwood would continue to manage the hotel and golf club with the same management team in place so it would be seamless. The seller is Northwood Hospitality, based in Denver, Colorado, who acquired the property for $149 million, uh, $149 million in 2013. So, pretty good return on investment there. The upscale resort is at the end of Seagate Drive, opposite Pine Ridge Road near US 41, and steps from Clam Pass Park in North Naples. It opened in 1988 as the Registry Resort. And again, 474 rooms, including 29 tower suites and 50 garden villas. In addition to tennis and golf, the resort has multiple restaurants and bars, three heated outdoor pools with a 100-foot water slide, a business center, a full-service luxury spa, and a fitness center. On top of that, it offers more than 83,000 square feet of flexible meeting space. So it's a, a wonderful property. A lot of upscale events held there, and uh, congratulations to the new owners. People have done very well buying real estate here on the Paradise Coast. I refer you to the Hoffman family, especially down on Fifth Avenue South. Well, the great 18th century economist Adam Smith made the term invisible hand popular in the Wealth of Nations that he wrote at the time, basically saying, hey, just allow the invisible hand of uh, trade to solve economic problems, to deal with economic problems. We don't need top-down control <clears throat> uh, in running the economy. And, of course, that's held true since the 18th century and since he wrote that book, The Wealth of Nations. It's also has a phrase that has spiritual connotations. Well, it's also the title of Ayed Akbar Akhtar's fast-paced play running a Gulf Shore Playhouse until April the 16th Harriet Heighthouse has written her review in the Naples Daily News, and it sounds like a real thriller and a must-see. And to get tickets, I hope you just visit Gulf Shore playhouse.org. Well, a Midwest hotbed of progressive activism must pay a family-owned bakery $31 million for promoting defamatory claims, including that the bakery had its history of racially profiling and discriminating against college students and assaulted a black student This is uh, delayed justice for sure. It's taken a long time, but I'm really pleased to hear the results of this. Ohio's Ninth Judicial District Court of Appeals refused to vacate a $25 million judgment against Oberlin College or $6 million in attorney's fees for Gibson's Bakery. The unanimous ruling rejected Oberlin's arguments that the jury received the wrong instructions, damages have been capped, and the fee award too high. The trial judge had lowered the compensatory and punitive damages down from the jury's initial $44 million to $25 million within the state guidelines of the state law. Now, the NCAA uh, P characterized the trial ruling as an attack on civil rights. Media organizations and free speech groups said it would be, have a chilling effect especially on First Amendment rights of students. I don't agree with that at all. The appeals court alluded to those claims in Friday's ruling, but said the case had nothing to do with students' First Amendment rights. Uh, Black Oberlin students pleaded guilty to attempting theft and aggravated trespassing in 2017, stemming from a wine lift shoplifting incident. The plea deal included admission that Gibson's employees who tackled one of their employees, one of their uh, assailants, was not acting due to racism. The arrest prompted a student protest demanding a boycott against the bakery. Then Dean of Students Meredith Remindo, uh, who recently joined Oglethorpe College, distributed at least one copy of a flyer with defamatory statements at the student's protest to a local journalist who testified he didn't ask for it. The college refused to correct defamatory statements on the flyer and in a student senate uh, resolution emailed the student body and posted it in campus display case even after learning the racial profiling and assault ca- uh, claims might be false. Oberlin responded throughout these proceedings that it had no obligation to remove resolution from the display case or to take corrective action regarding it, the appeals court said. Given the uh, public's lack of knowledge of what had happened at the bakery and the ongoing tension on campus about racial injustice, these statements would convey to a reasonable reader that the arrest and alleged assault at the bakery were racially motivated, that the Gibsons had a verifiable history of racial profiling and shoplifters over the basis of the years, and those facts were a reason to boycott the bakery, bakery the ruling said. So, uh, Raimondo, who uh, is named the defendant, admitted she instructed a subordinate to halt Gibson's purchases by the college's dining hall supplier in a claim e- claimed effort to appease the angry students. After a professor criticizes the college's actions, Raimondo told another administrator she'd like to unleash the students on him. Well, this is a clear case of the students acting like a lynch mob. This is such an unfortunate case, and it nearly drove this business out of uh, this company out of business, located close to Oberlin College. The uh, faculty was irresponsible, and clearly they, Raimondo, who is the name defended, also uh, acted on behalf of the college and it, it really fanned the flames of hysteria with the students to get them to protest. Almost ruined their business, but uh, after all these years, I don't recall when the incident occurred, but it's at least 10 years ago, after all these years, there is justice and they're going to receive a $25 million settlement and $6 million in court fees. Uh, the, in the post-verdict statements are sending a clear message to me and my 91-year-old dad who... Well, just waited us out, uh, David said in a, a 2019 video, he passed away months later. Now, he had been uh, broke his back answering the door when students were banging on his door. So uh, a lot of the college is obviously disappointed by the appeals court ruling, which it's reviewing carefully as we evaluate our options and determine next steps. That, according to the media relations uh, director. So uh, the the case is well, perhaps it'll be appealed. Who knows? Make it to the Supreme Court. But I'm just really pleased that there is this justice. Hopefully, now colleges will understand their role in raising good citizens, instead of uh, fanning the flames of hysteria with their students and having these types of incidents occur where innocents are hurt. Uh, maybe they'll take a step back and say, "Hey, you guys got to be good stud- good uh, citizens when you graduate from here, and you're going to let the rule of law." not hysteria, mass hysteria determined how the outcome of these situations. Oberlin College, $25 million lighter in the pockets, and six million in attorney's fees. Well Senators Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski joined Susan Collins in declaring their intent to vote in the favor of confirming Judge Kachani uh, uh Ketan, Ketanji, i should say brown jackson to the supreme court uh, this is a kind of a foregone conclusion the uh, committee uh, judicial committee uh, was tied deadlocked at 11-11 but it's going to send it on to the senate and now that these three uh, Demo- these three republican senators have said they're going to vote for her, the, her confirmation is a foregone conclusion irrespective of the fact that she Uh, had lighter sentences, lighter than recommended for uh, uh, people who were uh, taking a look at uh, child porn and that kind of thing. Just really unfortunate that apparently she, uh, obviously a very bright woman, but uh, characterized uh, sentences in child pornography as lenient, and that's unfortunate. Nevertheless, uh, she will be confirmed, I'm sure, sometime before the Easter recess. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is B's Diner, providing great service Forty-five,
0: forty-one. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a refreshing social networking platform. You may not have heard of it, but you should uh, find out more. You can find out more by downloading the app at choicesocial.us, at the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now we have with our state senator, and I'll say state president, uh, Senate President-elect, Kathleen Pasademo. Well, Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. So uh, I, what's on my mind right now is uh, what's this dust-up with the Disney company and what's happening with uh, their stance on... Uh, don't say gay what they're calling the don't say gay bill which is just so unfortunate i really would appreciate your comments and thoughts on all this
3: well i have a sort of a little different take than um others uh, based on my various conversations with uh, disney people here in florida uh it's an odd it's an odd situation we have a company that uh, uh was founded in california which as we know has uh, very liberal policies uh, that, you know, has is uh, moving um, to Florida or was going to move or is contemplating rather moving to Florida mm. uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, particularly, you know, our free, free state. Yeah. Um, so when the when we passed the parental rights bill, uh, many of the California Disney workers uh Began the protests, and it it is based on a California um, employee concerns. Again, a lot more liberal. Uh, and you know, my, my comment is, well, why don't you stay in California and send your conservative uh, Disney team members yeah. to Florida? So I think the big uh, the, the big issue is what do the Fla- Florida team members feel? And by and large, they're like us. Um, the and, and that puts. That puts their leadership in in an odd uh, in odd position. what do they do? so I think they kind of try to split the baby down the middle, and it didn't work um, and i think I think uh I, I, you know when you talk to people who actually work here in Florida they're dismayed that they're being painted with the brush of the california workers yeah and i don't know how to i don 't know how to uh, you
1: know how you fix that well the the, the the really disappointing and uh just hard to i'm scratching my head it's hard to discover you know you think about disneyland as kind of a fantasy land where you could take kids they'll be right. safe families are safe and so forth and yet this position right. seems to actually go right in the face of uh, family togetherness and uh you know, <laughs> you know parental okay. rights and so forth and it's it's just so unfortunate i just i can't imagine a, a where is where are the the uh, the consultants with at Disney? Why aren't they getting good advice? This is absurd.
3: Uh, that you know what you hit the nail on the head. I don't think they're getting good advice. You know, you've got companies like Universal, for example. Of course, they're not the same as Disney, but they also have a California presence. Mm-hmm. They're not saying anything. They just you know they, I guess their their whole. At least I assume, because they're not saying anything. Is they're just look. I'm we're a business. We're here to provide entertainment um, and provide jobs for Floridians. So you know, just uh, everybody do their own thing. And I had hoped Disney would do the same thing. I think I think I don't know their CEO, but I think it was a mistake to try to try to walk a middle line. I I think they probably should have stayed out of it. Businesses should not be involved in uh, in talking politics or public policy um, unless it affects business.
1: Well, you know, it's it's so That's interesting sort of to rules. me that the uh, the governor's, he's clearly not, uh, he doesn't have a sense of humor about those comments, and he's saying we're going to take a look at the special authorization we created so many years ago that makes wow. Disney its own city. It seems to me that could have huge ramifications for uh, Disney and uh, what's happening okay, up there yeah. in order.
3: Well, it, um, it would be, it would be something that could be looked at, at least should be looked at, because uh, the Reedy Creek, uh, um, is, it, it's sort of its, of its own entity. The question you have is, if we do look at it, what happens? Then it becomes part of Orange County, um, which is not equipped to handle, um, you know, because Disney actually has their own police force. They have their own um uh, sanitation, they have—they—they they do all the municipal services. So uh, then there would have to be some kind of um, uh, change in that. I mean, it's its a lot, it's, it's not just say, okay, you're no longer uh, uh, governing yourself. Right. Who's going to do what, when, and where? But uh, those, as a practical matter, and as a land use lawyer myself, I think those special districts probably need to be looked at wherever they are to make sure that they're uh, governing properly, which is not a political ideology issue. Mm. Um, I suspect, or my hope is that Disney's going to say, look, we need to just stay out of this. This is not our, this is not our place. They shouldn't be involved in it. I think there was, a, a, you know, the California thing, you know, California is not doing that well. They have their own issues. Um, and, and most of the businesses that are here in Florida are not involved in the political issues.
1: Well, uh, that that it's been fine. I I think that summarizes where they should probably end up but if I were the governor and I'm not but uh, I would say, I would say you know we'll be happy to just let uh, let things lie where they are as long as you just re- you have just a retraction and you basically uh, give a correction to to everybody about what the law actually is, and uh, exactly and uh, and, uh, and, uh, and and uh, maintain at least support for the law since it is the law uh, here in Florida. So right.
3: yeah, I I think I think that's the challenge because um, most of the the people that are um just chastising the legislature for the the parents bill of rights. um in fact, probably all of them have never read the bill, right um and you know, they say they've read it, but it's obviously haven't because of what um you know how they quote it and what they say it does and um you, and when you pre- and when you press them, you say do don't you believe that parents should be um, uh, paramount and num- the number one priority of parental involvement in, you know, what kind of social issues uh, uh, and educational curriculum your your student your, your your child is is undergoing in school, and they all say yes. Well, then we say, well, that's what the bill says. But you can't do this. You can't teach curriculum on sexual gender and orientation, or you can't change the services you provide to the to the. Uh, student, without letting the parent know, yeah, it, what's wrong with that? I know it, it, it's, but, but they don't, when you say that, they're like, oh, well,
1: I don't know. you know. But in retort, I will say that, that this is the thing that the uh, Democrats can actually rely on is basically fanning the flames of hysteria. They basically uh, can't. But, they can't win on facts. They can't win. <laughs> they can't win on on governance. <laughs> so they have to to try and uh, go to emotion and get people all f- fired up and excited about uh, things that aren't true.
3: Yeah, and, and and that is that is tragic. It, it really is, and uh, all it does is say see in the flames, and and misrepresenting the legislation that doesn't do anything, yeah. but uh, just pit people against one another. And and I, you know, I'm, I I just don't want any more of that. I mean, it's getting worse and worse and worse, and you know, just people don't trust one another, and it's not
1: right. Absolutely. Kathleen, we didn't even get a chance to talk about what's uh, happening with regards to the midterm elections. We'll do that next week. Kathleen we Passanova. Pardon me?
3: <laughs> we can do that next week. Okay. Yeah.
1: Kathleen Pasadena, our state senator. I just genuinely appreciate your time here with the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you and have a great
1: day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right. Coming up, Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo. Always a lighter time of the the, uh, show and appreciate her input. We'll do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website iamdesigntoheal.com. That's iamdesignedtoheal.com, Or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit iamdesigntoheal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience
0: Bob
1: Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, among other things, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Seton Motley, founding president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, how are you doing?
2: Well, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, when you live on the Paradise Coast, everybody wants to come visit you. You have a lot of new best friends, and of course, a lot of family would love to come and stay with you. So I have days of lots and lots of family.
1: Mm. And so that means... So that-
2: it's, <laughs> as I always say, I'm dragging my wagon.
1: Yeah, you're a little tired right now. I can certainly understand that. Are you going to have a taillight party?
2: Yes. <clears throat> oh yeah. Where you celebrate when you see the headlights go down the drive. When
1: you see the taillights leaving the house. <laughs> Absolutely. So I understand this is oh, this is a favorite time of year for you.
2: You know, it is. I love the masters. I love the azaleas. I love the way the grass looks. I love Jim Nance's voice. I love the pace of the masters, the backstory. This, I just love
1: it. Yeah, it is a, such an exciting time, and it's such a beautiful— the whole story is just storybook, really, isn't it? I mean, it's just an amazing story, and the greens are so tough. I, I've never seen—have you been to uh, Augusta?
2: No, no, I've not.
1: I've not seen it myself, but I understand that uh, seeing it on television is absolutely beautiful, but apparently the greens and everything are so severe, the course is so difficult, and it's so beautiful, but uh, it is a favorite, and, uh, you know, Tiger Woods won the Masters five times. He's actually considering playing this time.
2: I know. Wouldn't that be? I I just, even if he just shows up, doesn't play well, just... Because the level of magic that he brings to a course, a yeah. game, I, I think it would be exciting. I mean, I certainly would understand him not doing it. You almost wonder if it's almost premature. But he's a tough dude.
1: He is tough. Well, the thing is that the issue is not whether he can strike the ball or play well. The issue is that he has to walk the course. You can't get in a cart like we do, boo. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and ride from hole to hole. You have to walk the course, and apparently, the the his ability to do that is compromised because of the accident he had a couple of years ago. What has it been? Three years since he severely yeah. injured his leg.
2: I know. I, I'm not. I don't know. You know if it's. You know, I I certainly would love to have him there but you know that's a tough decision and you know you look at all the azaleas and i love azaleas you know when it's the flower of the south yeah and i looked it up do you know where azaleas came from
1: well uh, they were
2: imported into this country in the 1830s and they came from japan
1: well you know that was going to be my guess but then i said no no that was cherry blossoms but i didn't realize it was azaleas as well that's so interesting
2: Yep, they came over in the 1830s, and they came from China and then India into the United States via uh, England, France, and Germany.
1: Yeah, a robust uh, bush, robust flower, but uh, very beautiful. It's just unbelievably beautiful.
2: Yeah, and it's really the flower of the South. You know, they they thrive in the southern acid-loving climate or soil, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's just and they're so magnificent and how. The Masters how that whole golf course get national gets them to all bloom at the same time is kind of a mystery to me, but it adds to the again I use the word magic it, it really is you know it's just and don't we all need some of that now?
1: <laughs> we certainly do and uh, golf. Has done a pretty good job, not a perfect job, but a pretty good job of stating you know, not taking a knee and not doing all the nonsense. Black Lives Matter and all that nonsense. They've been done a pretty good job of keeping uh, their sport pure in terms of just entertainment for for the viewers and for the for the golf enthusiasts, uh, unlike basketball and taking a knee and what we've seen with other professional sports and even amateur sports, unfortunately.
2: Right. Yes, I agree. So on a real world note you know putin is you know all these atrocities and all the war crimes that are coming out by russia are so so horrible and so tragic and it's you you can't even look at the pictures really so putin of course in his wisdom has accused uh biden or uh putin of being uh accused him of uh, war crimes a war criminal so and he calls for prosecution yeah so my question is really So there's going to be a trial? How's that going
1: to happen? Well, it could be happening.
2: Is he going to get on a plane and come?
1: (laughs) No, but I think what happens is that he could end up in the Hague, uh, where there could be a war crimes uh, tribunal. Uh, You may recall the Nuremberg uh, trials uh, where they uh, uh, convicted the Nazis. So there, there could be an international tribunal, and that can happen. The thing is, though, you know, we need to let the dust settle a little bit. I, and I get Putin as a bad guy. I understand he's former KGB. He's killed a lot of people. He's not good good guy. But I have some severe or serious questions about. You know, when you see things in black and white when it comes to war, you're probably off base a little bit. And uh, I think uh, I, I just wonder. You know, was this staged? I mean, when well, you've got Nazis right there in uh, in uh, the, uh, the uh, Ukraine. Uh, that could be. I mean, they could actually be committing these crimes against people and trying to make it look like the Russians. And by the way, what's uh, what's his motivation? I'm talking about Zelensky. What's what is his motivation and why is he the way he is? You know, he's only got a couple of years in politics. He used to be a, a performer. He certainly is garnering a lot of financial support from around the world on the uh, on on the television and on the screen with uh, all kinds of folks, Israeli government, uh, the United States government, the Congress. Uh, the the uh, what was the thing the other night, the Oscars or whatever it was. So my point is this that we should actually take a step back and take a look at what's really going on before we jump to conclusions, have a lynch mob uh, for Putin.
2: Well, whether or not we have a lynch mob or not, he, he's not going to turn himself in. You think he's going to get on a, and a fly to no. uh, to a trial. No, you, somebody's going to go into Russia and arrest him. That's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. So the, I mean, the whole the politics of it, the posturing of it, I think is just peculiar. And you know, I'm naive. I'm gullible. I like Zelensky. I think he wants the best for his country. I think he's desperate. Um, I I think he has drawn. Uh, tremendous support for his country. So I, you know, I guess I'm one of those, My, you have a little devious mind.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, you know, you're, I'm, I'm very... Sus-
2: questioning
1: mine. Yes, well, I, I must admit, see, I'm a little bit gullible myself, so I've learned to not trust everything I hear. <laughs> and I'm always a little bit suspicious of way the way things are presented, especially when it comes to war. You may recall, I mean, we jumped right into the war with Iraq because of uh, the... Uh, the the uh, weapons that ma- of mass destruction that uh, what's his name had. and uh, you know that wasn't true. So what is it right now that's happening that isn't true? i'm I'm just saying I'm not making any accusations. I'm just saying maybe we gotta let the dust settle a little bit and try and figure out what's really going on.
2: I think that's true, but aren't there a lot of, of reporters over there now that are, are you know, a lot of U.S. reporters that are sending back images and and news from there?
1: Uh, I yes, but I would say, consistent I, coverage. I would ask, what's their motivation? I mean, uh, do we trust the news? I don't uh, necessarily trust the news. And I think there is an agenda with the news. And I, it just, right now, it looks to me like uh, Putin bad, Zelensky good. Uh, and uh, it makes me wonder also how this is going to play into the midterm elections, and how the, either uh, the virus or the war is going to be used in order to chop up the Democrats at midterms.
2: You know, you may have a good point there. Yeah. I think they're desperate.
1: Yes, they are. Boom, they're, or t-
2: they're looking for a win. I think so. So Bo- we're not going to... So this is my advice to you over this weekend. Don't think about politics. Don't think about war crimes. Just focus on the zen of golf
1: i like it boo what great advice for all of us thank you so much for joining (laughs) us here on the show
2: my pleasure all
1: right have a great week coming up we're going to be visiting with Seton motley the founder and president of less government that and more right here on the bob hardin show on the bob hardin broadcasting network
0: For more of the Bob Harden Show, here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees...
0: Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob
1: Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, a building a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples, also bringing you Invisible Hand running it through April the 16th. It's getting great reviews, and I hope you'll get tickets by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Les Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Seaton. Tell us about less government.
4: Yeah, we exist through the society, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and too many people exist for the opposite.
1: That's true. The professional ruling class, as it were. Yes. So Seaton, you wrote a great piece. It's called Some Lonely Judges Note Government Has Royally Screwed Up Our Patent System. Great column. Maybe you could tell us about it.
4: Yeah, it's one okay. The American Invents Act, we had the world's envy uh, patent system for 200-plus years. Um, The problem was people had to pay for the licenses of the patents, and some very big companies didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So they went to Congress, they lobbied Congress, and Congress were a bunch of uh, (laughs) prostitutes. And so led by Republicans and Democrats, in 2012 they passed the America Invents Act. 2013, excuse me, 2013. And that was a horrible bill. Um, the, the two main huge errors were th- they went from 200-plus years of first to invent, meaning you were, the, you were the person who invented it. They went to first to file for the patent. Hmm. So these big co- companies can afford to kind of poach mm-hmm. and wait and watch because you have to report what you're inventing as you're inventing it on, on uh Publications. It's part of the patent process. Hmm. And they wait and poach, and then they file fast because they have 9,000 lawyers because they're worth, you know, a trillion dollars. Hmm. And they steal the patent out from the, pers- the person who invented it. Uh, the other problem was, of course, the creation of the Patent Trial and Appeal Board, which turned the patent agency, which is supposed to be h- handing patents out, uh, handing out patents, to also the agency that k- turns around and kills them, which is really confusing and creates great uncertainty because the patent office goes through the entire process, approves your patent, and then some big tech company sues you in the Patent Trial and Appeal Board. And the very same agency that just gave it to you, it's like, we were just kidding, you you've you just lost
1: it. Yeah, that's a crime. And
4: so, so those two things were awful. Then in 2015, they passed a patent they called it the you know they, they, you know they love those stupid acronyms they come up with an acronym and then build the words out from the acronym and it was called the patent act and i don't i didn't couldn't be bothered to remember what patent stood for but they created the section 101 which which is wholly ambiguous as to what meets patent eligibility requirements it's completely nebulous and unclear and then of course you've had a really bad ruling, the Alice ruling in the Supreme Court. It's like with Section 230, we've discussed the court keeps ruling and making it broader and broader and broader. Mm-hmm. Well, the in, the ineligibility standard keeps getting broader and broader and broader with these dumb court rulings. You know, the, the, the Congress screws it up, and the courts screw it up worse. And there was a Fifth Circuit decision, I think it was the Fifth Circuit, where the majority decision was wrong, but the Minority judge really tore up the decision, and basically, and then and there was another uh, woman who just retired, another judge, who said, "Yeah, we've made a mess of this entire patent process. the The laws are dumb. The Section one hundred one is completely out of control and insane." and We've been, you know, she said our entire, you know, they you know had the en banc rulings where they yeah. asked for every judge's opinion on a, on a matter. Right. He said every judge, all twelve judges, asked for the Supreme Court to revisit their stupid Alice decision, and the Supreme Court wouldn't take it up. Huh. <laughs> but, you know, here are judges going, uh, look, you've made a mess of this. Would you please clean it up? And the Supreme Court said, Nah, we're good. No <laughs> we're, we're good. So it's the combination. It's two branches of government, three branches of government, really screwing it up. You've got the legislature passing these dumb laws that are, A, uh, harmful, and B, ambiguous, which makes them additionally harmful. Then you've got the executive signing it and then, of course, implementing it at the, at the executive level. Uh, with the PTAB board, which, by the way, is inherently unconstitutional because sure. it's the executive branch pretending to be the judicial branch. There right. is a, it's a court in the executive branch. And the Supreme Court messed that up, too, by the way. They ruled, yes, it's unconstitutional, but we're not going to abolish it. We're going to add an additional level of unconstitutionality and have the head of the Patent and Trademark Office review the decision.
1: Yeah. Uh, well,
4: no, you just added another, another judge to the executive branch. That's not
1: Fixing the constitutionality. Well, here's, a, here's um, the here's the thing. Of course, the, the courts keep ruling
4: and making things worse on top of everything else.
1: Yeah. So, the, the, I mean, the, the important thing about this entire thing is the. Uh, patent office is mentioned in the constitution and uh, as a consequence we ended up having uh, a land of innovation we you know are, have invented and created so many different things yes. and, and it's because of the patent protection that we have here in our constitution and the rule of law and now it's all been weakened by the court and the executive branch as well as the legislative branch uh, they've taken something that was working very well and not working so well after they finished with it
4: uh, you know I was- you know of course, I'm doing research as I'm writing this, and I'm, I'm looking at all these old press statements by all these legislators patting themselves on the back for the most revolutionary uh, reform of the patent system in you know fifty years or hundred years or two hundred years and And I'm like, what was broken that needed that massive major reform? You know it reminds me of you know Obama, we're going to fundamentally transform America. Wait a minute.
1: Yeah, what do That we... means
4: you don't like anything it's doing. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> you know? That's right.
4: If your wife says, "Honey, do you like my outfit?" You go, "Yes, but I'd like to fundamentally transform it." I'm going to question whether you actually like the outfit. <laughs> um, and, and likewise, you know, they didn't like the patent system yeah. as it was working, and working very well for 200 years. So they ripped it up and replaced it with a new one.
1: Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate. There was a period of time there where, under the old laws, the patent office, the attorneys were lazy and uh, didn't do their jobs, and the consequence is that, there was a lot of legislation that, uh, or a lot of uh, uh, law, legal action. Right,
4: right. There was a period of about eight years where they they issued some patents they shouldn't have issued, and right. they were weak, and they were nebulous, and it allowed some you know, bad actors to sue under these ridiculous patents.
1: It wasn't because of the law, though. It was it was because
4: legal uh, ambiguity about what was going on. But that's nothing compared to what's you know, the the the, the,
1: the quote unquote repair job that the, the, the DC did. Yeah, Seton Motley again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit the very robust website lessgovernment.org. dot org. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, I'm going to visit with Linda Harden. She's my wife. She's also extremely well-informed about what's going on in the nation and around the world. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. To the Bob Harton Show, and now here's your host, Bob Harton.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden, my wife, so well informed of what's happening around the world. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good
5: morning again. It's uh, good the morning, to day you. in a row.
1: Yeah. Hey, what uh, what caught my eye today is. Uh, Elon Musk, he's the richest guy in the world, is if I'm not mistaken. I he's, believe.
5: Well, he's up there.
1: He's way up there. Well, he took a a, a stake, a 9.2 percent stake in Twitter. Uh, Twitter of all things, and it, it's kind of curious. He he did this poll. Apparently, there was a poll to determine uh, whether people thought that uh, people it was a free speech platform. The kind of the city. Square, if you will, and uh, people replied that no, Twitter, Twitter is not the city square. It doesn't, uh, it censors spe- speech too much. So uh, he bought 9.2 percent stake in Twitter, which happens to be the largest stake owned right now. Dorsey, the guy that has started the company, only has a two percent stake currently.
5: You know what? I saw a, a funny meme on um, social media yesterday, and it's about this guy that's that's portrayed as Elon Musk going around with a paint gun to all the employees in 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 Twitter, including Jack Dorsey and just firing them yeah. because he's got he's got so much he's he's bought so much into into Twitter. I mean, he's in charge now and it'll be so interesting to see what happens because Elon Musk is just going, wait a minute, this is not right that that we hinder people's speech. this is free speech is important. Yeah. so um, like Tucker mentioned on, his show last night this is like the worst possible outcome for the people on the left because that's what they want to do is is shut down free speech
1: well i, I I'm curious to see what Elon Musk does I mean obviously he apparently the stock shot up thirty percent as a result of him taking that stake he's already made money not that making money is what he wants to do, but uh, I think he truly is motivated to. To somehow create a forum for more free speech, he's also suggested that he might start his own social media company aside from Twitter. Well, so this
5: was before he bought. This is oh, before, it is yeah. That okay. was before
1: he bought Twitter, and
5: and and hmm. now everybody, you and me, and the whole wide world is wondering what what. Um, he's going to do because guess who's the most famous person that's been banned from Twitter and well, that's of course. Donald J Trump.
1: That's right. The, so uh,
5: so in and on a smaller scale people like me who have been banned permanently twice yeah. from from Twitter are wondering and this is all the talk about social media it's like all of us who have been banned so are we going to be able to get back on on Twitter? Yeah. And and so it, you know, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what his next move will be.
1: Well, there's there's already been one employee that, who posted, uh, I guess it was a tweet uh, on uh, Twitter, and uh, said, "I quit." <laughs> he, he was very upset that uh, Elon Musk has taken this stake. Well, and- well
5: but it, it'll it'll separate it'll separate the conservatives. from I mean, there have been so many conservative um, outlets and people who have been censored from right. Twitter. I mean, it, it's it's truly. Um, it's It's been truly demonstrated as a left wing post that you can't say anything on Twitter that that would um demonize covid, uh, anything related to Donald Trump look, well look what they did to um the New York post um before the election when, uh, when the hunter Biden strike.
1: absolutely up. well and here's the interesting thing. Elon Musk has taken some unpopular. Or not mainstream views about a number of things, including COVID, uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Uh, about uh, you know he's and he's been right about well, sure. and, everything.
5: And, and so the left is running around with their hair on fire now, going, "What are we going to do with this guy? He's he's just he's just." Flipping the middle finger at all those people and just saying, "I'm going to do what I want, and you're going to have to live with it." Well,
1: it's not quite that simple, but because he's got a board of directors there, and he's going to have to win popular votes and all kinds of things, so he's not—he's not a dictator there.
5: I would love to be a fly on the wall of the board, next board meeting.
1: Yeah, so, but he's a smart man, and he is an and he's, independent and he's,
5: man, and he's—and he's pretty unflappable. And he's I mean,
1: unflappable, so I—I uh, I think uh, there's going to be some interesting things that occur, but hopefully, uh, my, my my true hope is you know he's going to be demonized and you know he's going to be attacked by the press and you know he's going to be attacked by the employees like there said
5: he's going to be called as soon as they can figure out how to do it they're going to call him racist. a racist
1: yeah but uh irrespective i mean he's he's so independent i i, I truly hope that he returns uh the public square uh to twitter and and it becomes a place where people can actually share their thoughts and feelings now on the on the margin uh you know, violent stuff, and they're ne- you need to eliminate stuff that doesn't belong there. But people expressing their points of view that are dissenting, like, uh, for example, Dr. Robert Malone and others, uh, should have their, uh, their voices heard. They shouldn't be censured by people that have no idea what they're talking about. By the
5: way, I still don't know. They, Twitter still won't tell me why I was banned. I mean, I only had 2,000 followers. And, and all I did was banter back and forth about, you know, uh, I was, I'm a strong supporter of Donald Trump and all that. And I, I contacted them and said, why am I banned?
1: You know I saw I saw a couple of your posts. I forget its Twitter. It may have been Facebook where it said this content cannot be verifiable or something like that. but
5: but but that's so silly now because Facebook is even they're even censoring their own the truth. I yeah. mean, they just censor the truth. and and no, oh, by the way, don't even get me started on Mark Zuckerberg because he is he' is in hot, hot, hot water for his election interference. Uh, I would
1: certainly. I'm happy to hear that. That which brings up the whole to- topic about what's happening on the twenty. 20- November 3rd election, the 2020 election, and there are, there are some really interesting developments. I think the walls are slowly but surely closing in on these election results.
5: Well, so it's really interesting because um, Citizens United is coming out with this movie, I think it's today, called Rigged. And you can get it um, digitally or, or whatever. Um, you can go to citizensunited.com or rigged.com and get this movie. And it, oh, by the way, it's all about how Mark Zuckerberg... Oh. influenced the 2020 election with his hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, how about
1: Denise D- D- D'Souza's 2,000 mules? When's that coming out? That's
5: coming out soon. I think it's coming out um, probably later this month.
1: Yeah, so that, those are going to be two great contributions to the conversation.
5: Oh, wouldn't that be a shame if those, if all that information was um, shared on Twitter? The, the, the left is panicking. Well, here's the, here's panicking.
1: the here's the thing. I mean we're, this has all been a political football and unfortunately as opposed to the, how the constitution reads and the state houses and the uh, state governments running the elections and running them smoothly there's there's it's all been politicized unfortunately. But slowly but surely the truth is coming out on what's happening.
5: Well, and 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 let me just say this what was so interesting about um, Fox and Friends this morning, which I'm really having a tough time watching because this Steve Ducey just comes out screaming at people in the morning. Of course, he's from Kansas, and so he was screaming even more about than the ever uh, Jayhawks. This <laughs> but the first thing, instead of pushing the war, how awful the war is. Guess what? The first story out of the box was Elon Musk and Twitter. Uh, it, it it superseded anything to do with the Ukrainian war and whatever. It's it was pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, amazing indeed. So. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful as a result of the news that we're hearing that uh, a lot of good stuff is going to start occurring. You, you keep on saying there's this is going to be a good week.
5: It's going to be a really interesting week because there there are so there are so many things happening. And I I saw on social media that that um, uh, Durham is supposed to come out with some new filings on Wednesday. Wow. And so, but all this stuff is happening. Um, it the 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 media, like I mentioned to you off air, is pushing the war, 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 we've got to have war. It's all to distract, <clears throat> excuse me, from, from Hunter Biden. It's scary that this administration is pushing war with Putin so much as, or in order to distract with all the crap that's been gone, well, going yeah, on. Well, you know, right?
1: the problems with the border. Well, they the-
5: won't even talk about that. By the way, I don't know how offended you are, but I'm offended that our tax dollars are going to fight a war half a world away this guy and the ukrainian president is going on the grammys to i know tr- i mean and he's giving this why is it, why does he have time to do that can i just say he is wanting he is wanting all this stuff from the united states meanwhile the media will not focus Primarily on what's happening on the southern border. Yeah. Why isn't our, our tax dollars going in, to defend that?
1: And inflation. Uh, there's there so many problems. Well, anyhow, I just wish oh, we're, we're out of time again. I again. can't believe it. I always appreciate your coming on the show and uh, sharing your enthusiastic views. Thank you so much for joining us. By the us. way,
5: don't forget, rig.com. Go check it out because that promises to be a one blockbuster.
1: All right, rig.com. Linda, thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow, we've got great guests, including Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute, and Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. Let them know uh, about the Bob Harden Show. Always want to be prepared. Make sure that we give you a good experience uh, to listen to.